Today's devotion is from Luke chapter 8, verses 1 through 15. And this is uh, the story of the, the parable of the farmer sowing the seed. Soon afterward, um, this is the conclusion now to the, um, the, the healing of the woman who was anointing Jesus' feet at Simon the Pharisee's house and uh, the introduction uh, for the sower and the seed. Soon afterward, Jesus began a tour of the nearby towns and villages, preaching and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. He took his 12 disciples with him, along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Among them were Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's business manager, Susanna, and many others who were contributing from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. One day Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered it across the field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. Still other seed fell on fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. When he had said this, he called out, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God, but I use parables to teach the others so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they look, they won't really see, and when they hear, they won't understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when they face temptation. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and so they never grow into maturity. And the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear, God, who hear God's word, cling to it, and patient, patiently produce a huge harvest. In this story of the mission of Jesus and his Messiah and his disciples uh, begins, and this is the introduction to it. In verses 1 through 3, we get a glimpse into Jesus and his growing and developing spiritual family. These spiritual family members, these followers, are not only hearers of God's word, they are also active in Jesus' mission of the word. Jesus is announcing God's reign, challenging the world's authority and power with God's authority and power. Interesting, Luke identifies the women in this small band of followers. 
And this is consistent with Luke for the ways that um, he presents women uh, positively uh, as important uh, members uh, of Jesus' uh, group. They, are, they, they um, contain important roles in prophecy and leadership and in witness and in ministry. If you remember in chapters 1 and 2, Elizabeth, Mary, and Anna are all identified as prof in prophetic roles. This ministry also highlights um, is highlighted in the book of Acts, which was also written by Luke, with, uh, th with women, Dorcas in chapter 9 of Acts, Lydia in Acts 16, and Priscilla in Acts 18. They all demonstrate active ministry and leadership within the early church. And Luke is clear that God, the Messiah, and the Holy Spirit called women and men into discipleship and ministry. This is challenged later on, according to the Jewish historian Josephus, the prominent role of women in the kingdom of God, following God's Messiah, Jesus, was a threat to the Roman order and to the Roman powers. And so, partially because of women involved in this ministry, the Romans um, attacked, challenged the early church. There were other reasons, but that was certainly one of them. Now, people from neighboring cities and villages came to hear Jesus' proclamation about the kingdom of God. This parable is good news for the hearers. The kingdom is the work of God and will not fail. Isn't that good news for us, that the kingdom is the work of God and it will not fail? That is the point of the parable of the sower. It concludes with these words, let those who have ears hear and uh, hear this, um, who have ears to hear this do so. Let those who have ears to hear this do so. The issue of hearing or of believing and doing becomes problematic. Jesus speaks in parables so that they may not see, and in hearing, they may not understand. The question of who has truly heard the word of God is a poignant question for all who hear this word of the sower from Jesus. The commentary helps us to hear and to see. The seed is the word of God. And it is the devil that prevents hearers from believing and being saved. The true hearing of the word is by those who receive it and hold it fast in an honest and good heart, bringing forth fruit with great patience. Here, patience is not only the act of waiting, but also persevering through persecution and rejection, while still testifying to what has been seen and heard. This patience will produce a great harvest, Jesus says. Now, in our church today, in our Lutheran church, part of the ELCA, we have this um, little theme or I, um, maybe kind of a, a, a reference that's supposed to help identify us. And the reference is this, that we are the hands and feet of Jesus, which I think is a great way to identify Christians, 
However, it is missing, I think, a key and critical component. We're not just called to be the hands and the feet of Jesus, but we're also called to be the mouth or the mouthpiece of Jesus. What do I mean by this? What I mean is that as hearers of the word, we are called to be his hands and his feet by our acts of mercy and justice, but we are also called to be fellow proclaimers of God's word, of his reign, and of the rule of God, that the kingdom of God is here now amongst us. And we can serve that, and we can show acts of mercy for that, but are we speaking to that? Let me share some, some ideas on how that might be a possibility. One of the joys of being around grandchildren for Patty and me is the ability to tell them the story of Jesus. And it is so exciting when, when they want to hear it. They will be down there for bedtime and um, when we're with them and, and they want to hear more stories. They want to have prayer time. Um, that is a joy to be able to share the Word of God with children and grandchildren. We are also given the opportunity to share our faith with friends who are open to hearing about who Jesus is and why he is so important in our lives. Not everyone knows the story of Jesus, and so we are called to share the story with those who do not know and many have heard the story of Jesus, but long to hear it again. There's a hymn that we sing on occasion called, I Love to Tell the Story. And it's a favorite of mine, not so much because of the tune. I, I wouldn't say that I love the tune, but I do love the text. And so I wanted to share the text from this hymn. I love to tell the story of unseen things above of Jesus and his glory, of Jesus and his love. I love to tell the story because I know it's true. It satisfies my longings as nothing else would do. I love to tell the story, how pleasant to repeat what seems each time I tell it more wonderfully sweet. I love to tell the story for some have never heard the message of salvation from God's own holy word. I love to tell the story for those who know it best, seem hungering and thirsting to hear it like the rest. And when in scenes of glory I sing the new, new song, I'll sing the old, old story that I have loved so long. And the refrain, I love to tell the story, it will be my theme in glory to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. I pray that this devotion will offer you an opportunity to reflect on your life and who you are speaking the story to, as well as serving it. And as you reflect on that, may God bless your reflection and may God bless your day.